It is, uh, it is such a joy to be here this Christmas and uh, to be able to gather on a Sunday, especially for Christmas Eve here together. Um, man, uh, celebrating Jesus' birth is uh, just one of, one of the best days of the church. And uh, man, we remember his coming. And so our, our prayer is that you would make room in your heart for him this Christmas. Um, this morning, what I want to do is, uh, as, as we've been going over the last three weeks, through a message series called Fear Not, what I want to do is I want to, I want to bring us back to the Christmas story together today. And uh, if you're new with us, um, you won't miss a thing because I'm going to just kind of review what we've gone through. We're going to tell the Christmas story. We're going to remember the Savior's birth. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about how do we overcome the fears that we have this Christmas. And so join with me in a word of prayer and uh, let's ask, ask Jesus to just speak to us through his word and uh, remind us of his, his presence here with us. God, thank you so much that you, Jesus, are here with us. God, may we make room in our heart for you this Christmas. God, as, as we, we gather with family and open up presents and, and uh, just, just gain new things, God, and around other special people, God, may we not miss the true gift of Christmas, and that is you, Jesus. We thank you for the peace of your presence. And God, thank you for coming to this earth. God, may we be reminded today in the fears that we face God, that we don't have to be held back by them, God, but you, our Prince of Peace, have come and you are with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, hey, as, uh, as we celebrate Christmas together today, you know, I, I've talked, talked with a number of you uh, this morning, and um, man, I've asked you, asked you what, what you're going to do for Christmas, how are you going to enjoy it together, and you know, what, what I've heard from a lot of you is, yeah, you have, some of you have family in, and it's a joyful time, but I've, always, I, I've also heard from, from many of you that this is also a really hard time. You know, that, that it's a difficult time because maybe your kids didn't come home this year or maybe they came in last week and now this week you're left to do Christmas alone. And man, that, that, that can I just be honest, that's, that's really tough. That's really hard. You know, indeed Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, but, but for many of us, what I want to just tell us this morning is that uh, maybe this is a time where you're also dealing with a lot of fear. Many of you, this will not be a Merry Christmas, it will be a scary Christmas. Maybe for some of you, this will not be a season of cheerfulness, but a season of fearfulness. And so as we've been going through this series, we've been recognizing the fears that these characters that, are, that we see in the, in the scriptures, in the Christmas story, each of them had. And um, man, uh, what I want to do this morning is I want to just help us to remember some of their fears and I want to talk about then how do we overcome our fears this Christmas? Maybe it's, maybe it's the fear of what other people think about you. Maybe it's the fear of failure or rejection. Maybe it's the fear of not being able to provide for your family and not having enough. Maybe it's the fear this Christmas of sickness or disease, pain, death in your family. Maybe it's conflict, disappointment, um, addiction shame. Each of these fears are present here, I, I believe, right now in our congregation. And so how do we make room for Jesus in our heart to overcome these fears? That's what I want to talk to you today about. And really, it's the message of Christmas that the angels brought. What did they say? They said, do not fear. 
do not fear. And so uh, let's, let's talk about the first, uh, first fear that we talked about in this series, and it was the fear from Zechariah. Remember Zechariah? Um, we remember Precious brought that, that message. And uh, I've, I've kind of recharacterized some of these fears in the way that I understand them, but uh, the way that I, I characterize Zechariah's fear was the fear of disappointment. He feared disappointment. Think about, think about him as, as a priest in the temple serving the Lord faithfully for many years, praying and praying with his wife Elizabeth that they would have a child, and yet in their old age, they're still barren. She's not been able to conceive. It seems impossible. He's been disappointed so many times. And we see that one day God appeared to Zechariah with an angel. Here's what he said, Luke chapter 1. Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. But think about the way that Zechariah received this. Because he had been disappointed so many times that instead of believing, he didn't believe and he doubted this message. Now, some of you, you can relate to that fear of disappointment. I know many of you can. What you are feeling is often not just one disappointment or one large disappointment, but often the conglomeration of probably a thousand disappointments. I heard this week a leading researcher on burnout say that burnout is a product of a thousand disappointments. And if you think back over your life, you can think about all the little disappointments that you have gone through that have led to you feeling disappointed maybe this Christmas. Maybe it was a hurtful word that was said to you as a child. Maybe you've been feeling left out even as a child or now as, as an adult being ignored, not feeling valued. Maybe it was a financial loss or someone taking advantage of you. Maybe it was a miscarriage or death in the family. Maybe it was a broken marriage or a constant struggle with addiction, a discouraging email, a hurtful text, a harsh word. I don't know what it is for you, but I can guarantee most of us have endured some of this. And it's led to us feeling this weight of disappointment this Christmas. And maybe it's led you to say, I'm not going to try again. I'm not going to trust another man. I'm not going to give myself to another woman. I'm not going to pursue that dream. I believe that that's where Zachariah was that Christmas. What was Zachariah's fear? The fear of disappointment. The fear of disappointment. Can I just tell you, Jesus, he wants to heal your soul this Christmas? He does. And healing is only found in a relationship with him. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But let's go on. The other fear that, uh, that Precious talked about in our first message was the fear of Mary. And I've characterized her fear as the fear of inadequacy. The fear of inadequacy. And we see her fear in Luke chapter 1, 26 through 34, just a few verses later. But remember, she's a teenager. And she's been called by God. Uh, she, she's an unmarried virgin, betrothed to be married to Joseph. And she's been told that she is going to bear the Son of God. Now imagine that. Imagine being in her shoes. Let's, let's read about her. 
Luke chapter 1, starting verse 26, says, In the sixth month of the angel, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph in the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how will this be, since I am a virgin? Can I ask you, where do you feel inadequate? Sometimes our feelings of inadequacy are so paralyzing that we say, I'm not even going to try. I don't have experience. I don't have enough, enough talent. I'm not smart enough. I'm not intelligent enough. You know, I, I don't get good grades. I'm not a good test taker. You know, I, I, I don't think I have the credibility needed. And so you don't even try. Where do you feel inadequate? If you feel inadequate this morning, like I'm sure Mary did, can I just remind you something in Scripture about who God chooses? Because this, this, I think, has, we've seen this ring very true, especially in Valley Church, that God, God chooses the, the most unlikely people to be used by Him for His glory. And so, 1 Corinthians 1, 27 says this, God chooses what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chooses what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Why do you think Jesus was born in a barn? Just think about that. Why do you think Jesus was born to Mary and to Joseph? These were not people of, of status, not people that, that were well-educated or well-known. You know, he, he was born into a humble place, into a humble family. And uh, some of you, like Mary, might feel like them. I feel like, I, you know, I'm not really much of anything. Can I just encourage you? Just like Jesus chose disciples who were very unlikely, God chooses you. God chooses people that don't feel adequate, but feel inadequate. He chooses people not because they're strong or because they're educated or because they're famous or experienced. God chooses to use the weak. And that is what we see in Mary. He chooses the underdog, the experience, the unlikely. Why? So that people might see Jesus and not you. And so, Mary's fear was the fear of inadequacy. The third one, let's talk about Joseph. You know, this, this message uh, Danny brought us, and uh, man, one, one thing that, that stood out as, as Danny preached this message that I'd never realized before was Joseph was from a special family. He was from the line of David. And that's why God chose Joseph. But man, just think about the disapproval that Joseph 
was facing, staying betrothed to Mary, staying faithful to Mary. Think about that situation. Imagine your fiancé tells you that she is pregnant, and um, you've never had sex with her. You're like, I've not done it. It's not mine. She claims, God made me pregnant. And my child is the son of God. You know, imagine just trying to explain that to a small town. (laughs) Imagine trying to come to Christmas dinner and explain that to your family. Oh, we have a birth announcement, but it's not, it's not ours. <laughs> uh, she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they're all talking. I'm sure they're like, man, Joseph is buying this hook, line, and sinker. He is crazy. They both need to be locked up in the nut house, okay? That's where they belong. Joseph's initial reaction was disbelief. And he was, he was going to quietly uh, break off their engagement. But it says in Matthew chapter 1, starting verse 20, as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear, there it is again, to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Can I ask you, whose disapproval are you afraid of? Or whose approval are you looking for? Proverbs 29, 20, 25 says that the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. The moment you start thinking about what everyone else thinks of you, you will miss God's plan for your life. Some of you, you may be still seeking the approval of your parents, and maybe they died 10 years ago. Some of you are still looking for that, I'm proud of you, from your dad. But can I tell you, if you haven't got it yet, you don't really need it. Because all that you need is the I'm proud of you from your father. And you are a beloved son. Let me just say that. Trust in that from Jesus. That is his word for you. You are a beloved son. You're a beloved daughter. He is proud of you. Whose disapproval are you afraid of? Whose approval are you living for? Joseph, he could have missed that great opportunity if he would have if he would considered what people thought about him. But no. He worked through that disapproval. Fourth one, Bree so beautifully. She's not here with us today because they're enjoying enjoying Christmas as a family. But she shared about the fear of the shepherds. Let's talk about their fear. I like to characterize their fear as the fear of change. Shepherds were out in their fields watching their flocks at night. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appears to them. The glory of the Lord shines around them. And they are afraid. They'd never seen angels before. For all that they could, could think, these were, these were extraterrestrials, okay? The true aliens, okay? An alien abduction right there in the fields of Bethlehem, okay? But there they are, standing in their fear. And it says that the angel says to them in Luke chapter 2, 10, the angel says, fear not, 
Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Now, we could, spend, we could just stop there and spend a whole message right there, okay? Good news, great joy, all people, take it, receive it, shepherds, and go and tell people, okay? But let's talk about their fear. Because I kind of wonder, man, their plans were changed drastically that night. They were going to stay safe. They were going to take care of their sheep, watch their sheep, and instead they end up just leaving their sheep and going to find the Messiah, Jesus, in Bethlehem. Can I ask you, though, do you like it when your plans change? Many of your Christmas plans, I've heard, have changed because of sickness. Maybe because of something that happened in the family and you're like, yeah, we're going to have to change your plans. I don't, I don't like it when my plans change. And sometimes when your plans change in a way that, that just affects you drastically, you, it leaves you asking, God, do you care? God, are you there? God, I don't understand your plan in all of this. We like to question God in those moments. And that's okay to question God as long as it drives you deeper into a faith of him. What James says about change of plans is, is this. He says, uh, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So can I ask you this Christmas, what sudden change in your life are you fearing this Christmas? God's goal is not to scare you. That's why the angel said, do not be afraid. While there might be a sudden change in your life, let me encourage you, see it as an opportunity for your faith to grow. And like the shepherds, pursue Jesus and develop faith in your heart. Open up your hands to his plan rather than your own. Looking back, you will see, God, your plan was better than mine. And so that was the shepherd's fear, the fear of change. I want to talk about one more fear, though. And this one we haven't talked about in our series. This is a new one that, that actually I was shown this year as I was studying through the, the Scripture and the Christmas story. And this stood out to me. It was the fear that we see in Herod and actually all the people of Jerusalem. I'm going to read the text for you. And this fear was the fear of losing control. Fear of losing control. Luke chapter 2, 1 through 3 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. But when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And we like to sing that song, Silent Night. Holy night, all is calm, all is bright. It was not calm, it was not bright in Jerusalem, the day of Jesus' birth. No, there was great fear. Everyone was troubled. Herod was and all the people with him, okay? All the people of Jerusalem. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Herod. 
In case you didn't know, I think you got a little taste of it from the kids' Christmas play last week, okay? And Marshall did awesome demonstrating that. He was, he was King Herod, all right? But you remember, Herod, how fearful he was of losing his throne? He not only, we know this from the history of Herod, he not only had his brother-in-law assassinated, his mother-in-law killed, his wife and his two sons also assassinated. But when he heard about the birth of this Messiah, King of the Jews, born in Bethlehem, what did he do? He sent his soldiers to go and kill every baby boy. And thankfully, Mary and Joseph, they were warned in a dream to flee to Egypt. And, and Jesus and Mary and Joseph, they, they spent Jesus' early years there in Egypt um, until the time when Herod died and, and they moved back into their, their hometown of Nazareth. But it really makes me ask the question, how might I be like Herod? Where are those areas where I fear losing control? Because this is a big issue, I think, for a lot of us. You know, there's a warning light on the dashboard of our, our own soul when we fear losing control. And it's the warning light of worry. Worry is when you try to play God. Worry is when you try and control everything. Worry means that uh, you're trying to control the uncontrollable. Next time you worry, just think about that. Can't guarantee it will go away, but I just at least you'll recognize this is not producing faith within me. I'm trying to control things. I'm trying to, you know, make things happen the way that I want them to happen. And I'm in fear of losing control. Can I encourage you? Worry cannot change the past. Worry cannot change the future. It can only mess up today. And so... Let me ask you, which of these five fears are holding you back this Christmas? Maybe it's all of them. The fear of disappointment, the fear of inadequacy, the fear of disapproval, the fear of change, or the fear of losing control. And if any of these ring true in your life, you need the message of Christmas. You need it. How did Zechariah, Elizabeth, and Mary, and Joseph, and I can't tell you Herod did, but man, um, how, how did they overcome their fears? And how can I overcome my fear this Christmas? Let's talk about that as we, as we close. I have five points to counteract these fears, and I hope you can take them away and use them and take them into the new year to just encourage you. Um, the first one is this. When we ask the question, how can I overcome these fears? Can I just tell you, first of all, you cannot. You cannot. But Jesus can. And so that's why the first one is this. If you're looking to fill out your notes and, and apply this into your life, it's number one. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And we see this in the example of Mary. Mary, she said in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Have you ever said that to God when you feared your plans changing? Lord, I'm all in. I believe you're in control. I trust you. Tell you what, that's what it means to trust in Jesus as your 
Savior, and we forget this, as your Lord, because it's both. Have you trusted in Jesus as your Savior and your Lord? Now, to, today, at the end of the service, we get to praise God because we have, a, we have a, a boy, Marshall, our King Herod. King Herod's getting baptized today. Did you know that? Yeah. All right. And I talked to Marshall uh, earlier this week because last, last Sunday he came up to me. He said, Pastor Jonathan, I would like to be baptized. I'd like to declare my faith in Jesus Christ, that I'm a child of his, and, and I want, want the church, church to know that. I want to be baptized. And I said, have you trusted in Jesus as your Savior and your Lord? He said, yes, sir, I have, yeah. Okay, and you're going to hear a little bit of his story at the end of the service today. But man, that's, that's a question for you. Do you not just trust Jesus for salvation? Do you trust him as your Lord? You say, Jesus, you are king of my heart. You control my ways. I submit my life to you. Mary said that. She said, God, I, I'm your servant. I give myself to you. Whatever you say, I will do. And so um, it just reminds me of, of uh, what Jesus actually says in John chapter 15. You see it on the screen. But you may be asking, well, what if God asks me to do something that I don't think I can do? God will never ask you to do something that you can't do without giving you his power his abilities and his resources and his gifts to accomplish it. It doesn't depend on you. As Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's challenging, guys. As we go into this new year, let's be reminded of that. Let's not just strike out our own and go our own way and try to accomplish our own things with our own skills and abilities. But let's be connected to the vine. And when Jesus calls us to do something, let's trust that he will provide for us and surrender our life to him and to his lordship. So number one, surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Number two, I love this one. How can you overcome your fears this Christmas? Sing songs praise and worship to God. You don't have to wait every Sunday to come to Valley Church to join, join our worship team, man. Uh, you, can, you can fill your life with, with music every single day. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's interesting, and I don't think it's no, it's no accident that Christmas is the most musical holiday there is. It's because we see in the Scripture that there's, there's characters that they voice their faith in God uh, through singing, through songs. Uh, Mary, she has a famous song in Luke chapter 1. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Think about that word, magnifies the Lord. I'm going to make him big. He is big. He is strong. He is, he is bigger than my problems. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, for behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done, these, done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Mary, she sang to get rid of her fears. We also sing that, see that the angels sang to glorify God and when you sing, 
often these songs that we sing as a church, they're focusing on how big God is. And when we focus on how big He is, it shrinks the size of our problems. So sing songs of praise and worship to God. You can do that all throughout your day. How do you overcome your fears? Surrender your life to Jesus. Sing songs of praise and worship. Third, stop listening to the voices of fear. Stop listening to the voices of fear. There are negative voices all around us. There's negative voices inside of us. Did you know that you speak to yourself more negatively than you've ever been spoken to, I'm sure? And you lie to yourself more than you lie to anybody else? And so I'd say we need a more objective source of truth, don't we? We do. And so where do we find that? Romans 14, verse 23 says, Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So when fear comes in, faith goes out the back door. And when faith comes in, faith comes in, fear goes out the back door. So this, this challenged me. I, I was thinking about the early church. I was thinking about the way that they dealt with their fear. And oftentimes you hear people, and if you've been in, in church for a long time, you'll, you'll hear, this, hear this phrase, um, Lord, put a hedge of protection around them, okay? I don't know if you've heard that before, okay? I mean, I, I would rather pray for a, like a wall or a, you know, a steel gate or something, put something like that, not just a hedge, you know, okay? <laughs> but man, is that what the early church prayed? No. They prayed for boldness. They prayed for boldness, guys. When is the last time you prayed for that? You prayed for boldness. Because they did that. How could they do that? Because they knew who their God was. So get closer to God. Learn from His Word. He'll give you boldness to pray bold prayers for Him. How do you get rid of the fear? Stop listening to voices of fear. Okay? Um, surrender your life. Sing songs of praise and worship to Jesus. Stop listening to voices of fear. Number four, savor the goodness of God. Savor the goodness of God. So many of our songs that we even sang this morning voice some of these things. I'll tell you, there'll be moments in your life, maybe moments right now that you're going through where you're not going to understand what God is doing. Where the God who declares himself to be good and is good, bring some things into your life that you would consider to be bad. All of us have experienced that on one, in one dimension or another. I was reading this week a devotional by Paul Tripp. I highly recommend his, his, uh, his work. Um, he said this. I want you to just, just put your listening ears on just listen to this. He said, now if your faith is based on your ability to fully understand the past, the present, and the future, then your moments of confusion will be moments of weakening faith. But the reality is that you are not left with only two options. Either understand everything and rest in peace, or understand little and be tormented with anxiety. There is a third way. And the Bible tells you that the real place is found in resting in the wisdom of the one who holds all of your what-ifs and if-onlys in his loving hands. Isaiah captures it well with these comforting words. 
you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Peace is found only in trust. Trust in the one who is in careful control of all things. He knows, he understands, he's in control of what appears to be chaos. He's never surprised, he's never confused, he never loses a night's sleep, he never walks off the job to take a rest. He never gets so busy with one thing that he neglects another, and he never plays favorites. Remind yourself again and again of the goodness and loving control of our God, not because that will immediately make your life make sense, but because it will give you rest and peace when it doesn't make sense. I love those words. I believe they're very encouraging for us today. Surrendering your life to Jesus Christ, singing songs of praise and worship, stopping from listening to those voices of fear and savoring the goodness of God, resting in peace with Him each day. Which brings us to our last one. How do we overcome our fears this Christmas? Number five, set your hope on the promises of God. Set your hope on the promises of God. Makes me ask the question, what do you put your hope in? What do you put your hope in? You put your hope in your achievements, in your kids, in your family, in your marriage, in the economy, in politics, family, your achievements. What do you put your hope in? Let me ask you, do you put your hope in the promises of God's Word? Because in God's Word, there are over 7,000 promises of God for you. Do you know them? Have you read them? Because if you say you trust in God, but you don't read His Word, I would question whether or not you actually trust Him. You've got to read His Word. Be in His Word. Let it shape you. Let it mold you in your faith of Him. Read it and believe it. Look at what Elizabeth said to Mary. She said, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. The promises of God gave Mary and Elizabeth confidence in their fears. And I believe it gives us confidence in our fears also. But can I share with you the greatest promise of Scripture? The greatest promise of Scripture that we call the gospel. And the gospel means good news. And it's, a, it's the message of Jesus that, that, that begins in creation, where we see Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, were there creating this world. And we see that Adam and Eve were created, and they chose to rebel against God. Sin entered into the world, and we needed a Savior to deliver us from our sin. And that's what we celebrate this Christmas, that Jesus has come. What John 3 verse 16 says is, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. If you are troubled and you are afraid, my challenge to you is that you trust in the promises of God for you, that you receive Jesus as your Savior, repenting of your sins and trusting that he came for you. He loved you so much that he, he shed his blood on the cross for you, and what he calls you to do is to repent of your sins and to place your faith in him, believing in his death and his resurrection. We don't worship a dead God. 
No, in a few months, we're going to bring around the, the holiday of Easter where we remember his death and his resurrection and that he will come again. That is what our hope is. He has come and he will come again. And so put your faith in Jesus Christ and in the promises of God this Christmas. That is what God wants for you. If you are troubled and afraid, consider Jesus' words. John 14, 27, he said this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. When I think about the last line of the hymn of O Little Town of Bethlehem, it goes like this, The hopes and the fears of all the years are met in thee, Jesus, tonight. And so why celebrate Christmas without opening the gift that Jesus has for you? You may have trusted him as your Savior and your Lord, and you may be a follower of him, but you're still living with fear. And what I want to do is, is I, want us, I want us to pray a prayer at the end of this service. I call it the, the no fear prayer. And it's a, it's a prayer that just recognizes Jesus you are Lord over my fears, and I give them to you. If any of these words resonate with your heart and you want to pray them with me, um, you, can, you can do that. But let's bow our heads. Let's pray. And let's go to the Lord Jesus together this morning. Lord, we come to you. And together today, we want to say these things. Lord Jesus, I don't want to be fearful. I want to be full of faith, not fear. I admit that I've struggled with disappointment, with inadequacy, with disapproval, with the fear of change, with the fear of losing control. And I have been afraid to believe and to trust and to hope. Yet you said, do not be starting today, I surrender my life completely to you. You are God, and I am not. Help me to stop listening to those voices of fear within and without me. And God, surround me with people of faith. Help me today to fill my mind with praise and worship, to get my focus off of myself and onto you. Help me to base my hope not on some passing idea, but on the promises of God. Lord, you said, if I believe in your Son, I will not perish, but have eternal life. And so I want that. Right now, would you accept me into your family as I open up my life to you? I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ.